What do you get when you have the desire for innovation, the want and need for original content, no funds to create, some of the greatest writers and producers of all time, slightly used animation to pull stock from, and a youth in hunger to change the status quo while effectively turning animation on its head. If you guessed Space Ghost Coast to Coast, then you, my friends, probably had an amazing childhood, and that's the topic we're covering this week. It's April 15, 1994. Roughly a year and a half prior, Cartoon Network is rolling out to the masses and putting its use of the Hanna-Barbera library. We would be greeted by the dulcet sounds of our generation's Johnny Carson, Space Ghost. Space Ghost Coast to Coast would go down as being the first program created and produced specifically for Cartoon Network. Without this show, it's very likely that we don't get the animation boom of the 90s, where we'd see shows like Dexter's Lab, Powerpuff Girls, Johnny Bravo, Courage the Cowardly Dog, and Cow and Chicken. These shows would take off and permeate the culture of cartoons, forever changing the animation landscape. Without the success of Space Ghost Coast to Coast, it's extremely likely that we would not get what would later take the world by storm and introduce mainstream media to two blocks of cartoons that would revolutionize how and what we would consume. Those two blocks that we would so lovingly look back on would be Toonami and Adult Swim. Space Ghost Coast to Coast, created by Mike Lazo, took our favorite superhero turned late night show host from the 60s and transported him to our airwaves in 1994 and put him front and center in the satirical commentary of a late night talk show host. But before Space Ghost Coast to Coast was a thing, we should take a look at the humble beginnings of our favorite late night talk show host. Space Ghost, created by the legendary Alex Toth for Hanna-Barbera Productions, centered around Tad Ghostel, an intergalactic crime fighter from the Ghost Planet. This show would ultimately go for just one short season with only 20 episodes, but its impact would be long-lasting on Mike Lazo, the genius that would bring us the three aforementioned entities above. Mike would end up being one of the major driving forces of shaking up and changing what animation was, is, and could be, while effectively leaving his mark on the animation industry and inspiring countless generations of not only animators, but showrunners, writers, creators, and the list could literally go on and on. Space Ghost was originally voiced by the late, great Gary Owens. That name might sound really familiar to most of you out there, so let's take a second to appreciate this late legend's amazing career. In addition to voicing Space Ghost, we would also see Gary voice the Blue Falcon, Roger Ramjet the narrators for Captain Caveman and the Teen Angels, Yogi's Space Race, as well as Yogi's Treasure Hunt, The Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, America's Funniest Home Videos, and he would voice Powdered Toast Man in Ren and Stimpy, as well as making an appearance on Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Now this man's career spanned multiple decades, so we couldn't mention everything he lent himself or his voice to, but it is noted at just how influential he was to so many generations of fans. It's really worth it to take a look at this man's resume and try to keep a tally at how much enjoyment that he has brought to so many from his illustrious career. Now that we kind of have a little bit of our origin story for Space Ghost, let's jump back to the early days of Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Like I had mentioned previously, Space Ghost Coast to Coast spun out of Mike's love and affinity for a character when he was a kid. We would see those same characters that grace the original Space Ghost populate our airwaves under a new banner of Space Ghost Coast to Coast in 1994. The main cast for Space Ghost Coast to Coast would end up being Zorak, a mantis-like character that Space Ghost refers to as the Lone Locust of the Apocalypse, which would later be retconned and referred to as the Lone Mantis of the Apocalypse. Zorak would ultimately be everyone's favorite villain turned band leader for this series. We would also have another villain-turned-friend in Moltar, which would be the director and producer for Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Moltar would also have a brief stint as being the first host of another fan-favorite block, Toonami. This would ultimately make up the majority of the original cast, and we would have George Lowe, 
as Space Ghost. We would see as time went on characters added to the show in some form or fashion, but these three would make up the majority of the cast. Zorak and Maltar would both be voiced by C. Martin Croker. The late great Croker would lend his amazing range and quirky sense of humor to breathe life into these characters. As we dive deeper into these two characters in particular, Zorak, considered to be Space Ghost's greatest enemy, is arrested, like most villains tend to be, and forced to be the band leader for the original way out. Zorak is hands down my favorite character in this entire series. He tries relentlessly to get under the skin of Space Ghost. Zorak for sure has some little brother tendencies and is so flawlessly used throughout the entire series. We would see Zorak stepping out on his own to sell covers of our favorite songs. Songs like Baba Black Sheep of the Family, Rockabye Space Ghost, Moltar had a little laser, and who could forget our favorite nursery rhyme, Good night, sleep tight, locust bite. This is what the kids truly wanted to hear while being whisked away to sleep. Moltar, our favorite producer that doesn't want to produce, is the guy we would see pulling all of the levers and making sure the show stays on track. We would see Moltar chat with guests, watch the All Lava Network, and literally try to do anything and everything to not be a part of the series. Throughout this series, we would be introduced to a slew of characters. One of those fan favorite characters turned mainstay would be a character named Brack. Brack was originally voiced by Key Luke in the Space Ghost series, but his first appearance on Space Ghost Coast to Coast, we would see C. Martin Croker again take a stab at another voice. Andy Merrill would take over his voice in Brack shortly thereafter and become the character that we all know and love. We would see a gang of characters come and go from the Coast to Coast cast. They were much like Gandalf in a sense. They would appear on the show at the exact moment when they are needed the most. We would see characters like Black Widow, Lokar, Tansit, Metallus, Birdman, everyone's favorite, Chad Gostel, Jan, Jace, and Blip. While diving deep into this series, I was truly in awe of just how resourceful the folks that had to work on this show. Mike Lazo has been on record of saying that they had absolutely no money to allocate to original programming for the first four years. A lot of folks were working on this in their free time nights, weekends, and holidays, all because of the lack of funds for original programming coming from Turner. Space Ghost Coast to Coast would ultimately be born out of the frustration and the need to shed the moniker of a rerun network. We would ultimately see two pilots for Space Ghost Coast to Coast made. The first would see Gary Owens make a return to the Space Ghost character and voice him in that original pilot. Going back to an IGN article published back in 2003, Mike had this to say about those two pilots for Space Ghost Coast to Coast, and originally trying to use Gary as the voice on Coast to Coast. There were two pilots done. The first pilot was done on two half-inch machines with a Radio Shack mic in a broom closet. This was the Andy Merrill pilot. Andy and Khaki Jones would just go in and they took an old Space Ghost cartoon and they took a Denzel Washington interview and they would just cut them together. That got us the approval, so at that point I hired Keith Crawford, who I knew was a line producer here in town, and Keith knew Matt Harrigan. We then went and said, alright, this could be something, and went and spent 100000 to have a really slick two-minute piece done in LA by Patrick Sullivan, with Gary Owens, and we just felt that it lost a little something in the transition. But due to losing what Mike would call the garage feel to it, they knew Gary wouldn't be the voice for their late-night host. Mike would go on to say simply because of financial constraints, Gary's hectic schedule, the team doing all the work in Atlanta, that they would have to find another option. This is where we would see not only necessity meeting innovation, but we would also see the entrance of George Lowe. He would enter the scene and our hearts and would ultimately become this generation's Space Ghost. With the cast of Space Ghost Coast to Coast set, the pilot picked up and a series greenlit from the network exec, we would see Space Ghost Coast to Coast start from humble beginnings and then flourish into what most fans and folks within the animation industry look back as, as one of the most pivotal times in not just Cartoon Network history, but in animation history as a whole. With the main cast set, we should take a look into the crew that not only helped this series become the juggernaut for Cartoon Network that it is, and was, but also at their contributions to the progression of Cartoon Network. 
A couple of those names that you might know from many different facets and offshoots of the Cartoon Network brand would live rent-free on our heads effectively forever. Those two extensions of Cartoon Network would be Toonami and Adult Swim. The first of those folks being Andy Merrill. Andy Merrill would help write one of the Space Ghost Coast to Coast initial pilots with Khaki Jones. Andy would become the voice for Brack. One of the biggest moments from Andy, at least in my eyes, would be that he was not only the writer and producer for Cartoon Planet, but one of the driving forces behind that amazing cartoon block. Now I won't go too deep into this one because I feel like it deserves an entire standalone episode on itself. So for now, let's put a pin in it, and we'll return to that one at a later date. Andy would also help out with the programming department of Boomerang. We would see Andy's name pop up from series like The Brack Show, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, and Gravity Falls. His contributions to not only Space Ghost Coast to Coast, but to all of Cartoon Network and Adult Swim can never be stated enough. Kaki Jones is one of those people that do not, in my opinion, get brought up nearly enough for what she's done. She was the executive in charge of production for so many of our favorite series, ranging from the extremely early days of Cartoon Network all the way through the cartoon boom and more. She would help write and produce our topic for the day, Space Ghost Coast to Coast, and help lend a creative hand and voice to so many other series throughout her tenure. Keith Crawford was the first person that would ultimately be brought in to help progress Space Ghost Coast to Coast from just a concept to a full-fledged series. Mike had mentioned that Keith was a guy that could be counted on and he knew how to get stuff done. Another thing to note here is just how important Mike Lazo, Keith Crawford, and Andy Merrill are to what and how we consume animation. These three individuals would be the cornerstones and founders of William Street Production. That'll be another video down the road as well, but this would ultimately be the label that all of our Adult Swim series would be blanketed under. These would be the founders that brought us Adult Swim, and like I said, more to come down the road for sure. If there was one person that could be pointed out in this team that was considered the glue and gave the production that staying power, it would be Matt Mialero. Mike Lazo mentioned that none of the aforementioned were writers, so we went out and hired Matt, and then to me, that's when the show really came together. Every team is judged by the product that they produce within animation. When Mike needed an editor for the budding late night talk show, he felt like he looked no further than when Michael Cahill entered the scene. To quote another line from that IGN interview with Mike Lazo, so we found our sixth member at that point, which was very, very key in many ways, as important as Andy's pilot. It was the timing and the quirkiness that came out of the early shows, which we cringe to watch these days, but that was Michael Cahill's editing. He brought in something that was striking and that was kind of the awkwardness of the pacing that you would buy when you realized you were dealing with the big egotistical superhero interviewing people he really didn't know. There are so many other folks that we just couldn't bring up, but much like raising a child, it takes a village and a major collaboration to raise an animated concept to a series. This show could not have been what it was and still is without the hunger, creative, and artistic prowess that every member attached to this series showcased on each and every episode. What better way to start talking about some of the amazing episodes that graced our airwaves in that beautiful segue? Keep in mind, the show did go on for 11 seasons, so there'll be a lot we just can't cover. Throughout the course of Space Ghost Coast to Coast tenure, we would see a lot, and which honestly is a true understatement. Probably the biggest understatement in the galaxy. From the beginning of the show, we are automatically sucked in. I'll be the first one to admit that I think Space Ghost Coast to Coast has one of the dopest intros of all time. I mean, it directly influenced me when I wanted to get an intro for this channel done. My exact words for what I was looking for was a link to Space Ghost Coast to Coast and make it have these cool ass vibes. The theme song performed by Sonny Chirac would encapsulate the show. Its weird cuts, guitar riffs, psychedelic pulses would make this show for me. I loved hearing it open because I knew I was in for a great time. Like I had mentioned before, we would be graced with 11 seasons of this groundbreaking series, so we can't go into detail about each and every episode, but we can talk about some of the ones that stand out to me and were so influential. I want you guys and gals to sound off in the comments below and let me know what you thought about the episodes that were special to me and let me know the ones that mean the most to you. 
When I think of all of these Space Ghost Coast to Coast episodes, the first one that comes to mind is hands down from season two and just happens to be the very first episode. It's the world premiere tune-in. In this episode, written by Matthew Maialaro, we would see Cartoon Network launch of world premiere tunes that would later be renamed What a Cartoon. The episode titled President's Day Nightmare would effectively alter animation history forever. We would see the Council of Doom forming like Voltron to hold the competition as to which original cartoon from Cartoon Network would kick off this forever changing initiative brought to life by then Hanna-Barbera president Fred Seibert. We would see a slew of future animation Hall of Famers like Craig McCracken with his pilot The Powerpuff Girls, Gendy Tartakovsky with Dexter's Lab, Van Partible, Eugene Mateos, Dean Parkinson, and the legendary Pat Ventura. They would all eventually be interviewed by Space Ghost and judged by the Council of Doom on their pilot. We would see Craig McCracken win the contest and his pilot, the Powerpuff Girls Meet Fuzzy Lumpkin, showcase. Once Craig is named the inaugural winner for the What a Cartoon shorts, we would see our three favorite crime-fighting girls take Fuzzy Lumpkins to task. We would also see Craig celebrate, decked out in full-on swimsuit with accessories. Getting to see Craig be extremely fun and playful in this showed just how fun Space Ghost Coast to Coast could be. I enjoyed the interviews where the folks didn't get or understand the concept of Space Ghost Coast to Coast. But when we would get lucky enough to see an interviewee play along and go with the flow, like Craig McCracken, like Bobcat Goldwing, like Adam West, it made it all that more special to me. Another episode that sticks out so vividly is Piledriver. Now, I'm sure everyone growing up can remember just being swept up into pro wrestling. I mean, when I was at my heyday of wrestling consumption, my TV screens were graced with the Stone Cold Steve Austins, the NWOs, and DX's The World. We would see Hulkamania take over this episode, and one of my favorite moments in anything ever is seeing Zorak bring a foreign object into the scene while he tries to get Space Ghost with a chair shot. We would also hear the late, great Macho Man Randy Savage make an audible hot tag on Coast to Coast. I wish you could have seen your old man weeping like a woman after my patented pile driver. Tag on Coast to Coast. Now, this episode might not be the biggest of some, but for me, it goes down as one of my favorite anythings. This episode in question would be that everything we needed to know about what Coast to Coast is and would be. Having a major portion of the original Batman 66 cast on and seeing Zorek dress up and take on the Batman Tiss identity was a real treat for me. I saw a lot of these in reruns and out of order so I truly could not appreciate just how brilliant Coast to Coast was and is at such a young age. It's probably safe to say the world premiere tune-in episode is probably my earliest core memory of the show just for the sheer impact of what Cartoon Network and its original programming meant to me. However, the Batmantis episode is truly the moment that I got what Space Ghost Coast to Coast set out to do. It was this episode that captured my imagination and that punk rock-esque rebel spirit in me that never really let go. We would see so many faces throughout the many decades of pop culture pop-up. We would see folks like Gilligan, Adams West, Jerry Springer, Jim Carrey, The Ramones, Lassie, yes that Lassie, Hulk Hogan, Franz Dresser, Bill Nye, Matt Groening, Mike Judge, the guy for King of the Hill, and so many other influential people throughout multiple decades of stardom. Throughout all of these guests that would appear on Space Ghost Coast to Coast, there was always one constant, part. As corny as it may sound, you can truly tell when something is made with love. These characters, these situations, these interviews, and these episodes were so carefully crafted and molded to entertain folks that march to the beat of their own drum. I said in the beginning of this episode that without Space Ghost Coast to Coast, we don't get Cartoon Network Studios. We don't get original programming for Cartoon Network. We don't get Toonami, and we don't get Adult Swim. Cartoon Network would ultimately be a rerun channel. Let's take a second and really unpack that. Without original programming from Cartoon Network, we don't get the genius of Craig McCracken, Gendy Tartakovsky, Van Partible, David Feast, John Dilworth, and so many other folks that helped these guys and gals become the juggernauts. Without this being seen as a true necessity to separate Cartoon Network from the rest of the pact, 
we don't get Toonami, which effectively releases the Anaconda squeeze that anime has had on our hearts and conscious for almost 30 years. We would miss out on shows like Dragon Ball Z, Full Metal Alchemist, Cowboy Bebop, Sailor Moon, Gundam, and so many other life-altering shows for people. Without Space Ghost Coast to Coast, we do not get Adult Swim, a block dedicated to adult animation. We wouldn't see these series that would become foundational pieces to a budding enterprise in an untapped market that was, and in some cases still is, to this day, adult animation. We wouldn't have shows like Sea Lab 2021, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, Harvey Birdman at Law, Venture Brothers, Squid Billies, Robot Chicken, Home Movies, Metalocalypse, and not to mention the Eric Andre Show. Eric's been on record at saying just how influential and important Space Ghost Coast to Coast was to him in getting his show on the air. It hit during college for him and really helped mold and shape his comedic sensibilities and timing. It's safe to say that inspiration comes in many forms. It's also safe to say that at the end of the day, we should all tip our caps and give a huge thanks to what the folks of Space Ghost Coast to Coast were able to accomplish during such a pivotal time in animation. While we could have done at least another four to five hours of just the episode breakdowns, I truly feel like it would have been a huge disservice for me, to you, and the series to break down these episodes just from my point of view and take away from the nuances that that show still has almost 30 years later. If I can recommend anything to you fine folks that have so graciously spent some time watching this video today, it's this. Pick a season, an episode, a clip from the series, and give it a watch. Whether it's your first viewing or it's the first viewing of the series in a long time, I think we can all agree that no matter what happens when we hear that opening riff of the intro song, we can be guaranteed a couple things. We're gonna be transported to a place where we can have a break from all of the external noises and interferences of our everyday life and teleported into a space where we can laugh and have a great time.